Welcome to For the Love of Travel podcast. My name is Melissa Collins, and for those of you who have listened to us before, welcome back. And for those of you who are listening for the first time, a welcome here. We're glad to have you. I travel because it makes me feel free, and it's the only activity I do in my life that brings me unadulterated joy. The good parts, the bad parts, the ugly parts of travel, it is all part of the experience. I believe so deeply in what Mark Twain said, that travel is fatal to prejudice, bigotry, and narrow-mindedness. Because of this value, I have taken my son to over 43 countries and all around the U.S. and to five continents. He and I have learned more through travel than we ever could possibly learn through books or school. I believe in the mantra, if you think travel is dangerous, try routine. It is lethal. That's why I'm so passionate about talking to others who have been all around the world and getting to hear about their experiences. Okay, welcome back to For the Love of Travel. If you've been with us before, thank you so much. And if you are listening to us the first time, we are so glad you're here. Today I'm talking to Jeanette, who currently is living in the UK. She told me she owns a house in Italy, but she doesn't go there very often because she travels full time. And so I'm so excited to hear, uh, Jeanette, what you have to share with us today. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and and why do you why, why did you make this decision to travel full time? Um, I decided to go for my fortieth, funnily enough, which was nearly twelve years ago. Um, I lost a few friends to cancer and heart attacks and strokes, sort of around my age, and I thought it's all right. This corporate lack, I'm making lots of money, but I might not get to travel when I retire because I might not get that old. So I decided to go there and then. Um, so basically saved up for a couple of years before my 40th and um, hit the road. Um, and within two or three weeks, I realised that I couldn't just sit around and do nothing. Um, I was spending too much on books for a start off. Um, so I started volunteer work. Um, so through that, I've done dolphin tours in New Zealand. Um on a sailing catch, so basically dolphin and wildlife spotting. So there's penguins, seals, all sorts on there, albatross, uh, even killer whales occasionally. Um, then I went back and ran that. They also had a hostel, backpackers, uh, which I ran for them in the three months over the winter months while they came over to Europe. Um, then I ended up in a cattle ranch in Australia, running a cattle ranch while the owner went abroad. Um, we had 600 head of cattle, 4,000 acres, and lots of volunteers to keep on top of. Um, in between that, of course, with visa runs, I have to keep going back to Europe every so often. Um, I ended up working on a, an agriturismo in Italy, um, where we grew all our own food, cooked it all for the guests, and took the guests out walking, climbing, riding, making cheese, making wine, um, olive. Um, picking everything basically um, worked on art retreats in Italy um, anything I fancied really I was part of a, an organization called Helpex and um, you can basically sign up for like 20 pounds or 25 dollars or something like that for two years and register that you're interested in um, working wherever you want to work really and people get in touch with you 
And I just, when I got bored of one thing, I'd just go on there and decide, oh, well, I want to learn about straw bale building now. So I'd go and find some situation and <laughs> go and do that. So, um, and, you know, it's been great because I've also been able to do trainings with different people where I've stayed and made good friends and nearly like family all around the world now. So I go back to see them as a friend and uh, stay there for a month or two or six. And uh, it, it's a bit of a merry-go-round, really. So sometimes I just look after the animals and the people go away. So I do like pet sitting or farm sitting. And then other times it can be running a bit the guest house or the bed and breakfast or whatever. So um, it's constantly changing. Incredible. So I find that uh, I think that that the thought of that kind of a life is actually really um, intriguing to a lot of people, but there's a fear associated with it. You know, I think that when people think about that, they're like, oh, that's so interesting, but I could never do that because of this. So can you tell me what your experience was? Like, did you, um, when you, is it different than what you thought it would be? I guess is my question, number one. And then number two you know, what, um, what was the experience? Cause you must've given up material things. You can't, if you're yeah, yeah. this much, you yeah. don't have the ability to collect material items. So yeah. what's that been yeah. like? I don't, I don't buy anything on my travels. You know, when people say to me, Oh, what souvenirs have you got? And I don't really have anything other than what's in my head and on my camera. Um, because you can't carry everything, you know? Um, and also I sold my home in England because a couple of um, times while it was rented out, it got trashed or they didn't pay the rent. So um, that's why I ended up buying in Italy because it was a bit of a halfway house between the, the, the places that I traveled. Um, but yeah, I mean, sometimes it's nice to just stay at somewhere. You know, I do do pet sits sometimes where I'm not actually working other than looking after the animals because you do get tired because you don't get the standard days off that you would get. And a, and a normal job and, and paid holidays and things like that so that can be hard sometimes you know because you, you quite often do more hours than you'd think and um, it's you don't get the benefits that you would in a, a paid job if you like but by the same token if you get fed up of it you can just you know give them notice and move on you know and go to a different country or you might meet some friends that say we're going off to Bali now and off you go there and do some yoga retreat you know and uh, work there or just chill out you know so I mean I, I, yeah I mean I do get people thinking I'm a bit crazy you know because it, when are you going to stop and settle down but I don't know that I have to really you know I, don't I mean I'm, I've got a good health you know I think if you had your health wasn't great you might struggle but um, I really enjoy it, you know, and, and, and I meet some fantastic people and all sorts of experiences that are totally random and crazy, you know, uh, that are brilliant, you know. I would yeah. recommend it to anybody. And I mean, my sons, my sons are 30 and 32 now, and they've both come out to Australia and worked with me for a year or two in different times, you know, New Zealand and whatever. And they think it's great, you know, because wherever I'm, where are you at now? You know, oh, we'll come and have a week with you, you know. <laughs> so uh, they've got a lot out of it as well. That's amazing. Yeah. So I, I listened to a podcast, um, I don't know, a week or two ago, and it was, I forget the title of it, but it, the, the gist of it was um, you can do something and the only reason needs to be because you want to. 
Like yeah. it just doesn't need to be any other social permission other than I'm doing this just simply because I want to. Yes. It's so empowering, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, many people will come to me with the excuse, oh, but I've got a mortgage or I've got a full time. Oh, yeah, I had all that. You know, I had a dog, I had everything, kids. It, you know, it works out if you want to do it. Even if you want to just do it for a month of the year, you can still do it and, and fit in three or four different scenarios, if you like, in that month. It doesn't have to be because you can't do it for six months or a year that you can't do it. You can, you know, I've got friends that. I've helped while I've been traveling who've then gone and joined the same organization I'm with and done some traveling of themselves for a month that they take off. And I've gone and looked after their place and they've gone off to Scotland or Kathmandu or China or whatever, you know, and taught English or whatever they want to do. And that's at any age, you know, that lady was 65 and she's, she was like, wow, I really like the sound of this. And off she went to China, you know, so, you know, there's, there's no age barriers or, you know. I find that I talk to a lot of people about travel and I find that those who think that they want to try it and then they just, they just really jump in with two feet like you did, it almost becomes a part of you, a way of life and, and somewhat of an addiction. Like they just, they're like, I can't ever imagine living any other way. I don't ever want to be trapped in the confines of the typical day to day, Monday through Friday grind ever again. No, <laughs> I don't think I can do it. <laughs> and once you give it up, once you give up the material stuff, once you give up those responsibilities, nothing. But once you give up the pressure of having to follow the status quo, it's. I feel like it's so empowering. It's almost yeah. impossible to go back. Yeah, and you may and you find. I mean, you know, like I say, some of the jobs I've done have been volunteer. And even when you're volunteering, they give you pocket money sometimes or they'll give you your forward travel or they'll pay for your flights to go out to Australia and things like that once you've done it a couple of times. Um, so it's not all cost to you. Mm. And now, you know, some of the jobs I do, like the one i just done in France, um, they paid me. So I was on a full-time wage there and live in. So I was actually making more than I could earn in England. Nice. So, um, you know, it was 13 horses though, so it was quite full on. <laughs> Wow. So tell me out of are you it sounds like you've been to a lot of countries. Tell me what, if you could pick one, what is your favorite country? So like if you were forced to live somewhere, you have no option, you have to choose a location, where are you gonna where would you be? Uh to work or to chill out. Let's start with chill out. Where would you where would you go to rest, relax, enjoy life and just like Probably the Thailand. Thailand, yeah, me, I love Thailand. Yeah. Because you can do so many health, you know, you can do so many health um, retreats and yoga and healing modalities and all that sort of thing. Eat really healthily. I mean, it is it is very much chilled, laid back, you know. Do you prefer northern Thailand or southern? Southern, yeah, southern the islands. You yeah. Know? yeah, yeah. Well, and it's and so, so what about for work? Where would you? For work. Um, I like Australia. I like Australia a lot. New Zealand as well. Yeah. It's hard to put a definite one because they've all got different benefits. You know, I love wildlife, so I love the wildlife in Australia. Um, it, it's, it's just unbelievable. I've had, I've had um, two wallabies that I've reared from being babies, you know, um, and a magpie, um, you know, and they're still hopping about the farm quite happily, you know. They live out now, obviously. 
and um, yeah I mean the, like I say it, it's so diverse over there but there's no history over there so I like like Europe we've got all the architecture and the old castles and things like that so I like that you know I couldn't just say right I'm just going to live there I might have to just say I'd have to live in four places so it, you know <laughs> spring summer autumn winter in a different place <laughs> there you go so if you had to give some advice to somebody who uh, I normally ask people to give me advice on on travel but I'm going to ask you something different I want to know if there's somebody out there listening that has been maybe a young person or even someone who's retired and they've just been yearning to just kind of go nomad and give it all up and just travel and work and, and live life. What would your um, like top three tips be to making that transition from that nine to five typical life into a more nomadic type life? I would say join an organization like I did with HelpX because you've got somewhere safe to go to you know basically you set up somewhere that's going to pick you up from the airport or somewhere that you're going to go to from the airport get to know the area and and see how you feel you know um, obviously some places are safer than others um, get to know the inside it off you know even if you just do a volunteer situation one month in three and get to know the area and they'll give you all the good spots to go to and, and where not to go to and usually what they'll... What's the organization again? To is, is, Helpex. Is it? Helpex.net, it's the website. It's H-E-L-P-E-X? Um, no, Helpex, just the letter X. The letter X, okay. So H-E-L-P-X dot yeah. net. Yeah. All right, I just yeah. want to make sure that everybody heard that. So it's H-E-L-P, like help, the letter X dot net, if anybody is looking mm -hmm. to, to look into that. All right, so what would your second tip be for... Or somebody looking to go nomad? Pack very light. <laughs> Good advice. Honestly, you really don't wear half of the things that you take. I would get definitely get a Kindle because you can read a book on them, you know, and download them for next to nothing or free um, whenever you get bored. Or, you know, you can use it as a computer if you like. Um, a camera. Um you deal with um, cell phone service from country to country what's your what's your advice on that um it depends how long you can stay there i mean i i've quite a good network from here that actually travels around the world and it gives me good data as well yeah but if i was going to stay in a country for six more six months or something and, and you were interacting with a lot of people in that country it's, it's you can get a sim for free i mean and most most um, phones now are dual sim so you can just pop the, the other SIM in, use it for the people that are local and use your own to dial home, you know. Yeah. All right, so now here's the question I get from, all, from more people than I can even count. What do you do about your mail? Where does your mail go? So I know that most things are online, and if you're in yeah. a diplomatic life, you don't have a whole heck of a lot of bills. But no. is there any, like, do you, are you concerned with getting mail or post? Or no. My mail I get delivered to my dad's, which is literally possibly two letters a month. Yeah. And he opens it for me. And if he thinks it's it, well, he'll, he'll message me to say it's this. Do you want me to scan it? And he'll send me a photograph of it. So I can deal with it if I need to, or if I don't, I can just leave it till I come back, you know. Um, yeah. Most of the things now you get online statements or you deal with things online anyway. Um, 
so it's not an issue. When I first started traveling, um, I used to get things sent on to Post Restant, which is basically in any country, you can get it sent on to a, a nearly like a PO box, really. Um, and you can pick it up, you know. And most banks in a country that you, if you're going to stay a while, you need to get a card or things like that, will actually deliver it to their own branch. So you just go and pick it up there. So not having a mailing address isn't really a problem, you know. Well, right, because I would assume that occasionally, I mean, you do need a credit card if you're traveling, yeah. right? Yeah. And so occasionally that credit card expires and you need to get the new physical card. So there must, you know. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you could send it, you could get your, whoever receives it to send it on, I suppose, or you just get it tracked to wherever you are, you know. I mean, as long as you've got a postal address where you're working, and you would generally would do, right. unless you're traveling around a different place every day, but um, then it's not ideal. But yeah. Well, I think this, you, you might be one of the most interesting people I've ever interviewed. I love the idea of being nomad. The only reason that we're not location independent at this point is because our son is still in high school so we have four more years and then our goal and we've been working on it for a few years to get things in place so that we can be location independent mm -hmm. um, but that's our goal in four years to just be completely location independent do what we want when we want where we want with who we want so yeah. i'm so jealous that you're living that now <laughs> <laughs> no no it's a great life and i mean there's nothing stopping you taking in a volunteer just to get you used to be with other people and, you know, getting them doing jobs that you haven't got time to do, you know. Yeah. Um, gets your kids used to um, other people as well. And, and, and people do travel with the kids, you know, little ones, bigger ones, whatever nowadays. It's not, you know, you can join Helpex and, and say that you're a family and you just want a week or fortnight or a month's um, work somewhere and, you know. Um, you'll be surprised how many people are doing it. Like I say, from any age, from 18 up to, well, I think 75 was the oldest um, I met traveling, you know. That's incredible. You know, I mean, all the people I've worked to still keep in touch. When are you coming back, you know? So <laughs> it's really nice, you know. That is nice. Well, yeah. so thank you so much for sharing a little glimpse into your life with us. I hope that... This inspires just one person who's been thinking about it, maybe to take the leap and, and give it a shot. Um, thank you for the resource of helpx.net. That's fantastic. And I wish you all the best in all of your travels and adventures. Thank you. Thank you. Good luck with your podcasts and your travels.